0: It's time now for another uh, episode of Pats from the Past podcast. I'm Matt Smith, alongside with Paul Perillo, and we're pleased today to be joined by Ernie Adams, who spans many years here in the Patriots organization. Ernie, how you doing today, and thanks for joining us. I'm
1: great, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, it's a good
2: get for Matt, Ernie I, I, Adams. I, I, so this is, we're stepping up our clientele a little bit here, Matt.
0: I think most Patriot fans, please tell me if you disagree, probably all know that Ernie's now retired, which yep. is a... Is, at once a very sad day for the Patriots organization because of all the success he's helped uh, be a part of, but probably a great day for Ernie and his family. How do you enjoy retirement?
1: Um, Every day is great. Uh, I'm in total control of my time, and that's, uh, you know, at 69 years old, that's a great place to be.
0: Did you ever, was it like, it amazes me some people, I'm going to work until, you know, whenever. Was retirement something that you, did you think about that as you were working? Like, you know what, one day I think I would like to slow down and, and see some things that I never, or do some things I never had a chance to do.
1: Well, probably over the last couple of years, I, I knew it knew was going to come. Uh, dying at the office was never part of the plan. Uh, so it's, uh, it felt like the right time.
0: For Patriots fans who don't know, Ernie, ver- would, you, would you classify yourself as a
1: voracious reader? That's probably a fair assessment. Yes.
0: What are you reading now that you would recommend to Patriot fans that you enjoy that you're enjoying?
1: Um, let me. Th- oh boy, that's uh, for, for Patriots fans that they would really enjoy. Uh, I read a great book about Maynard Keynes. Uh, recently, uh, the author's last name is O'Toole. Uh, I think uh, i might have to get the the title uh, t- time <laughs> of peace um, great great, uh, great book about how ec- economics are a social phenomenon not a hard science um, that, that that might be at the top of my a timely topic uh
0: very timely topic cap, cap- related i love <laughs> yes, it i yes. love it yeah
2: yeah, I, I wanted to ask you you know when Matt was talking about uh, the retirement stuff, just what was what was the season like for you last year? Sort of, you know, what did you do on a typical NFL Sunday? Were you watching intently or were you doing apple picking, you know, with the family? No, I
1: I I watched uh, I, I I certainly watched Patriots games. Um and if there were teams that were interesting to me, uh you, you know, then I then I would watch them. I I did not sit there glued on uh, watching, you know, every uh uh every game that came on
0: well players will say that when they see the games or it gets to be training camp those that have retired that there's an itch that comes back did you ever have an itch or was there was had that itch been scratched permanently? I
1: would say I would say the itch, the itch had been scratched I mean it's you know game day is the uh, is the fun time uh you know, driving home on Tuesday nights worrying about hitting a deer out on I ninety five. That's uh, oh, don't don't, uh, don't
2: get Matt going on that.
1: He's <laughs> that's one of his it. irrational fears. Right, uh, th- there are deer out there. I there know. Be,
0: yeah. Right, right. So, let, this is a fascinating career that you've had, Ernie. Um, as a younger person, what sparked? Was it? Can you think of one thing where? that ignition sort of happened, and you said, man, I'm really interested in this, of the game of football?
1: Sure, it was when I was uh, a- an 8th eighth, eighth grader at Dexter School in Brookline. Uh, it was all, football was mandatory, in- intramural, so you, there, there was no... Uh, no choice I want to play football I don't if you're at Dexter School you're going to play football and I was the uh, athletic director there George Downpool was just a wonderful human being and I had asked, why don't we do this why don't we do that and he finally said look you're so smart you coach your team we'll see how you do and that's where it started
0: did you envision at that point in time it was that this is this is a real love
1: oh I, I I knew hey this is this is a lot of fun and it, it, it grew from there
2: Okay, so you got, were really into it, and then you know you do your your high school, uh, y- and you meet another guy who's really into it. How long did it take you to realize Bill Belichick was pretty similar in in, in his thoughts?
1: Um, I'll probably about a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, of course, we are, we met fall of nineteen seventy. Uh, we were both uh, uh, sen- seniors at Phillips Academy in Andover. We p- uh, played on an undefeated football team, and uh, we we had a great time together, and it was. Uh, it, it's basically started a fifty-plus year conversation about football.
2: Was it mapped out? Did you guys sort of say this is this is where we, we want to go, and this is how we might I be think, able to get there?
1: I, we both knew we re- we really uh, enjoyed football. I, I can't say that we're eighteen; we had, you know, every step of the way mapped out. But uh, th- th- things went from uh, uh, went from there. So,
0: and so, how did that happen? Maybe, or increase the likelihood, or maybe increase your uh, love of the game when you're at Northwestern.
1: Well, I was uh, um, of course it was Bill's uh, Bill's dad Steve made an introduction to me at, at Northwestern and, and that worked great. And then when I when I finished at Northwestern, I came uh, uh, June of 1975 I had an interview with Chuck Fairbanks uh, about joining his staff and what really worked for me was that Chuck had been uh, coach at the University of Oklahoma. He was used to having, graduate assistants and as young coaches who did all the gr- a lot of the grunt work uh, So he was a it was kind of no risk for Chuck. It was a, it was a tryout basis He said look if this goes well great if not, I'll, I'll let you go. So uh, But but I came in and interviewed uh, with Chuck on a Monday and I had a conversation um Probably a day or two after, with uh, Bill, be- with Bill Belichick, when he just graduated from Wesleyan, told him what I was doing, and he said, "You know, that sounds like a pretty good place to be uh, in the NFL instead of going to college." So he went in uh, shortly thereafter and uh, um, talked to Ted Marchibroda at the Colts, and that's where he started at the Colts.
0: I think people like Paul and myself look at what the NFL is today—it's this mega monster and everything like that. But can you talk about like? the job interview in 1975 for the New England Patriots in the NFL. Yeah, we think of the NFL as this big deal. And I'm not saying it wasn't a big deal in 1975. That's still the highest league. But what was that like like in 1975 Ernie? Well, like getting your introduction to the NFL? Well,
1: I mean I ha- Chuck Fairbanks was just a wonderful person to work with. And that was uh yeah that that was a big deal. Of course the league was uh was much smaller if in fact if you remember uh, in 1975, the Patriots were still a publicly traded company. You could go to the Boston Stock Exchange and buy a share at the New England Patriots. Well, one of the uh, uh, the, the results of that was, as a publicly traded company, the Patriots had to publish every year their complete financial statements, which I, I have a copy of their last annual report and. I gave I gave a copy of that to uh, Robert Kraft. And I said, "Now don't laugh when you look." <laughs> <in numbers." laughs> I mean, it was you know, it was it was the National Football League, but it was so much. It was it was smaller than it was and that was now obviously right.
2: Yeah. And you know, Matt and I are you know of similar age, and we have uh, sort of an affection, would you say, for those teams seventy six, seventy seven. You know, that era of Patriots football was when we were kids, and we were. Really, really getting into it. And I'm just curious your thoughts on just how good, you know, I, we, you mentioned Chuck Fairbanks, the talent that he brought here, how good some of those teams were that maybe are kind of forgotten because of all the success you and Bill have had.
1: Well, of course, I, w- I was uh, with the Patriots then for four years from 1975 through 78. Uh, the 1975, the year before I got here in 74, the Patriots, if you remember, had started 6 and 1. Yep. And ended, and ended one and uh and one in six sources, seven and seven overall record and then in 75 we had a uh, our team went on strike uh the day before the last preseason game with the Jets so we were uh, it may may seem a little strange that we were playing the Jets in the last preseason sure. game playing in the was that game was going to be played in the Yale Bowl so we had a usual Saturday morning workout and we had Lunch in the old stadium club over what to put was uh, Schaefer Stadium. Yep. Uh, and the players after lunch decided to go to uh, go out on strike, and they didn't come back till I think Wednesday of the following week of the opener with the Oilers But that that really cast a uh, a pall over over the uh, uh, over the whole season. And then of course uh, uh, you know Jim Plunkett hurt his shoulder, and it, so we went. Yeah, that gave Steve Grogan a chance to play with a rookie. So the first year, you know, at 3-11, that was a real disappointment. Uh, but the next year coming back, of course, we went 11-3 and three in the regular season. Uh, you probably remember the Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl that year. Well, in the, they were 13 and one in the regular season. That one loss was when we beat them. I think it was like 48 to 14. 48,
0: 10, 48. I was right. at that game. I remember. And I'm gonna there, go 17. It was a blowout. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a blowout. Well, com- yeah.
1: Complete blowout. Yeah. Uh, and then of course we uh, we played them in the uh, the infamous uh, uh, divisional playoff game where. We had them third, and, you know. We've we got we had a lead, had them third and eighteen. They throw an incomplete pass, and Ray Hamilton gets called for roughing the passer. Uh, let's say probably a little bit of a marginal call. Uh, you know, and they went on to uh, um, you know to, to to beat us right at the end. we stable, kept the ball, went in for the winning touchdown. But that was my point is that in '76, I mean, we were a we were a championship caliber team, even though. You know we didn't win most seasons they'll end up being you know two or three teams playing at the towards the end of the season that really have a legitimate chance to win and we, we were one of them
0: a lot of players and a lot of coaches it's not necessarily the wins that they uh enjoy reminiscing about it's those losses that they can't get over and Easy for me to say this, but I wonder does that loss bug you because you had beaten Pittsburgh already in the regular season that year, in Pittsburgh, by the way. Yeah. And no disrespect to Minnesota, but Minnesota wasn't in the same class. That one, I you know, I, I think you can make a really legitimate argument that that call doesn't get made. You beat the Steelers and you beat the NFC representative. I,
1: I was, I, I, you know, I'm all prejudiced, but I, I think that would have happened. I yeah. mean, the, uh, the two best teams in the league that year, were the Patriots and the Raiders, yep. and they, you know, they came out on the uh, the long end of the score. But uh, um, I mean, we were—I you hate seeing a game really come down to, uh, uh, you know, to to a call, but it did. You know, how do you you, you look back at those teams?
2: It's so different, you know, the way you guys played with all of the the running and the, the record you guys ended up setting in, in '78 for the all-time rushing. Uh, team stat and then you look at the way the game is played you know now Uh, you know just can you
1: well right it's become much more of a passing league but I I will point out you've got a really good team the Baltimore Ravens oh yeah who who you know feature the running game uh, and they're a little bit similar to what we were because we had um I think in 76 Steve Grogan probably had close to 500 yards rushing so it wasn't just the running backs who were who were making a lot of yards it was the quarterback as well. Right. Um and we were um you know we we were committed we were committed to being a a running football team uh although we, when we had uh, um, you know players like Darryl Stingley, Russ Francis uh you know, and, and Steve, a quarterback. When we, you know, when we needed to uh, to throw the ball, we could. I mean, you mentioned beating the uh, beating the Steelers in Three Rivers. I mean, we were down uh, um, we were down twenty to nine. We hit uh, fourth and one. Hit Russ Francis on a fifty five yard pass. Then we hit Darrell Stingley on a big on a big play. Uh, so I mean, we we had you know we had. Uh, p- players who were very good passing the ball, but it was a, we were definitely a running team first.
0: Uh, you probably, uh, my guess is, this is, maybe it's wrong that I should say it this way, probably not a big fan of nicknames per se, but I'm sure you were aware in the day, Cosell and calling Francis all world. Patriot fans today have no idea who Russ Francis is. They can't remember him or anything like that. My words here, I'd like to say that I think it was
1: Gronk before Gronk
0: is that a fierce is that a fair
1: statement to make i, I mean the the, the big dif- the biggest difference between russ francis and rob gronkowski is that rob played on a passing team with a hall of fame quarterback i mean russ was you know he we were more of a running team he was a de- like rob was a devastating blocker on the edge russ had you know great athletic ability great hands um, he, when you talk, what do you want for a tight end? What do you think of Russ Francis, Rob Gronkowski? I have no problem putting them in the same. Uh, uh, That's heady uh, category, yeah. right? In, in the big plays,
2: like you know, I, it, there was uh, a couple of years, uh, you know, before all of these modern guys started being eligible for the Hall of Fame. When we we're in our meetings, I've nominated Russ Francis a couple of times. I mean, averaging like 16 yards a catch, right? I mean, and I'm s- just an insane total for a tight end, right? Especially in that era, as Ernie said, with such a running. Uh, team really could I mean I know Howard Cosell always said it he has his little pithy little uh, phrases but there's my all world tight end that's what he was he right. could do it all
1: mm-hmm. no question uh I mean we you know our probably our featured play was running the ball off tackle I mean we had Russ Francis doubling down on a double team Sam Cunningham kicking out and John Hanna leading and she. We are good backs, but they just had—you know—realistically, the back just had to get the ball follow John. Right, <laughs>
0: right. Um, Ernie, because you know, you've your career has spanned so much time, and the game has changed so much. I'm interested in one. You mean you
1: know, half a century is yeah, a long time. Yeah, That's a <laughs> long time.
0: Um, when you're sitting in meetings and in that '70s team, and you guys are sitting down, can you recall a player? A couple of players. where you guys sit around as you're trying to game plan and go, "This guy's a game wrecker." I don't know how we're going to be able to contend with him. Who's the guy that caused coaching your coaching staff fits back in that day?
1: Oh boy, well you had uh, you could Our last year in '78, playing the Houston Oilers, when Earl mm-hmm. Campbell. Uh, now that he was a uh, uh, was a game wrecker. I mean, our, my first year. Uh, 1975, going out to play the Bengals. Had Isaac Curtis mm. at wide receiver with Kenny Anderson throwing him the ball. I mean, we geared a lot of things to stopping uh, to stopping him. You play the Raiders. I mean, you had now Dave Casper was another tight end who was a real problem to play against. Um, so, I mean, those there were. Uh, you know, we played the, the Steelers. You mentioned we beat we beat them in '76. I mean, they had and Lynn Swan and uh, John Stallworth at wide receiver, and of course the defense. I mean, you got Jack Ham, Joe Green, uh, Jack Lambert, Andy Russell was the third linebacker who would be a, he would be a legitimate Hall of Fame candidate with. Uh, you know blunt and mike wagner in the secondary i mean that was a, that was a great you know a great team to play against
0: and we people talk about we use the word dynasty a lot you know and and how much it is and here's the steelers there's no free agency back in the day you know and the fact that they could, that team could run out you're just going through some of the names i don't know that younger patriot fans can appreciate how good that team was and how good that organization was at that at that time right
1: uh, yeah well i mean you're talking about winning uh you know, winning, winning four Super Bowls in six years, I mean, it was still, I mean, the, to win the championship of the National Football League, you got to beat everybody else in the league. I mean, that part of it hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't changed. Uh, and they were, uh, um, you know, and even the team we beat in 76, who did, you know, uh, d- did not go on the Super Bowl. I mean, that's where they're, I mean, they had some injuries, but I mean, the Steeler defense that year—I mean, was just. Uh, uh, I mean, that's that's where they get. That was the year I think they came up with the name the Steel Curtain, and that's when about what it was. Should you have did the did, Chuck leaving
0: in '78? Does that did that derail the '78 team?
1: At the end, it's well, it didn't. It, it certainly didn't help. Um, you know, when you have you you. A championship team when you get on a run you've, you've got everybody totally focused just zeroed in every day nothing you're not letting anything else distract you and then you get to the end of the season oh the head coach is leaving well that kind of everybody whoa whoa, whoa wait a minute what's what's going on here I mean that's uh, um, that, that's absolutely never a, a, a good thing and of course our last the last regular season game when it all came out was uh, Monday night down in the Orange Bowl and we had the scene where um, Chuck told the team in the afternoon he was going to the University of Colorado, uh, Billy Sullivan came in the lo- into the locker room and he was going to suspend Chuck. Well, Chuck had talked to his, uh, his attorney who said, you do not resign, make them fire you. So he had the back and forth. Uh, Billy said you're suspended the head coach going does that mean I'm fired no you're suspended <laughs> in the locker room before the game and, and then of course this is what we dealt with in our childhood <laughs> right and, and then of course the, the unfortunate pictures you got Chuck walk, walking out of the orange bowl in the middle of the second quarter carrying, you know, carrying his bag um, and then he came back for the, for the playoff game And of course Steve Grogan got hurt in the playoff right. game so I mean that I mean that was that our '78 team in the middle of the season we we could play with anybody but uh, you know that was probably too much for uh, for anybody to overcome. Plus we ended up playing the Oilers right. and, with Earl Campbell and
0: yep, um, good parlor game. Who's a better team, uh, Ernie, the '78 team or the '76 team? Mm.
1: You know pr- I must say probably the '78 team because we had. Uh, in '78, in, instead of having a Steve Grogan being a rookie quarterback, he was his third year. We had Stanley Morgan and Harold Jackson at receiver, uh, which made him, we were a little more explosive uh, on offense in '78. Of course, the uh, the '76 team was the one that came, you know, in, in the end it was closest to winning a championship.
0: Sure. Yeah, um,
2: I would agree though. '78, I, I think they had more. Dynamic? Problems probably with the ownership, and there was more animosity at that time because those guys had been around a few years and were kind of tired of the way they were. Tra- no, it seemed like someone was holding out every training camp. It was tough as a ten-year-old kid. It was tough to read about the team at that time because of all those off-field things.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's. Uh, um, I mean, I, I I give tremendous credit to Billy Sullivan for keeping professional, you know, f- yeah. starting professional football in Boston. Uh, you know, getting a team built. But it was, I mean, the organization was realistically being run on a shoestring. Mm. Um.
2: And everybody that was involved at the time says it exactly the way Ernie just did. Right. You know, it, it was t- a tremendous passion that Billy Sullivan had. And he was he was a lot like Robert. He was a fan first. Like, he wanted football to succeed here. He just didn't have
0: the resources to do it the right way. Right. And so then you go, uh, Ernie, and you get to a couple places that maybe do do it the right way. You know, you see how it's run in New York, and you see how it's run in Cleveland, and those are two premier NFL franchises. Well, uh,
1: when we got to the uh, when we got to the to the Giants in 1979, and of course Ray Perkins was became the head coach, who had been the receiver coach here on Chuck Fairbanks' staff from '75 through '77. But they were coming off the Herman Edwards recovery of the Joe Pizarczyk fumble. You know, they'd had the airplane flying over Giants Stadium. 15 years of lousy football. We've had enough. And I said, well, when we got to the Giants, if you remember the old television show F Troop, mm-hmm. this was like taking over F Troop. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a... Uh, we, we had a few good young defensive players, but the organization was... Uh, was mired back in the 1940s Mm. someplace. Um, And of course, he talked about ownership. I mean, he had Wellington Mara and Tim Tim Mara, that was uncle and nephew who, it was a 50-50 split. uh, And the two were, they just lived in different worlds basically. So uh, the commissioner, Pete Rozelle, Basically, he went out and found George Young, who was at the Miami Dolphins, and he he told the Marers, "Look, you're going to hire George Young as the general manager, and just sign the team over to him," which is uh, which which is what happened. But that would but you say, yeah, the Giants. I mean, it's in New York; it's a classy operation. But going in there in the spring of 1979—that's good to know. We, it, we had a long way to go. Okay, so then
0: so let's fast forward a little bit was the organization, the team wasn't very good when Bill called you in 2000 and said, I'm going to New England, let's go to New England. It wasn't the F Troop at that point in time, but your financials from a salary cap were a mess, right? Like the football team wasn't in great shape at that point.
1: Right, no, it was, we had, uh, um, I mean, we we had some work to do. And that, that first season was certainly uh, uh, frustrating. I mean, it took... Uh, it, it took basically a whole year uh, to get everybody on the same page, and then of course going into 2001, uh, we did a great job with you know going go signs of free ag- you know signs of free agents you know like Mike Vrabel, uh, brought some guys in for, you know who Bill had known at the Jets like you know Ro- Roman Pfeiffer, and just had a uh, um, I mean that that made a huge difference, uh, and then of course I mean everybody knows in the second game. Uh, Drew got hurt and Tom came in playing quarterback, and that—I uh, mean, everything—I uh, mean, ev- ev- everything gelled. But it was—I uh, uh, I mean, that's that that '01 team. I mean, we got playing really well at the end, and obviously we won the championship. I mean, we we weren't really a juggernaut at that stage. I mean, I I I, I tell people. I mean, in the the 2001 team. We were just a little engine that could. I mean, this is like 15 years before we became the evil empire. <laughs> I, I mean, we were. Uh, I mean, we were just some some guys going out there. Ha- and and the, uh, the the one I remember uh, was we went out and we played uh, played the Colts in Indianapolis, and that was him where David Patton had the uh, he, th- he threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown. Well, when he he, he threw the touchdown pass, the, the announcers' commentary. Who are these guys? And that—that's where we were in two thousand one. who—who—who you know, are—who? Who I, who, I mean, I'm John Madden broadcasting the Super Bowl. I thought, oh, this poor Patriots having to go up against the Rams. <laughs> I mean, that was—I uh, mean—and that's part of what made that a lot of fun. Can you
2: think back to your mindset heading into the season in two thousand one? Obviously, no one could have envisioned Drew no going way. down and Tom. But was there optimism like that you would? Had- you know, like as Matt said, you sort of got the house in order a little. You got all yeah, those free agents in. How good
1: did you think you might be able to? Be? I was. I just wanted to see us make some progress. I, I would. That that was really. You know, you don't come on. We went through a stay uh, a string of games in two th- in the first year two thousand where we got ahead of teams and lost at the end. Yeah. So. You're losing games, but at least there's. It was a, it was a much more competitive least, team at than at people remember. At I at agree at with you. At least we we were getting ahead of people. So I mean, I was I was hoping we would we would make progress. I mean, we had a lot of things come together. But remember, after uh, um, after week eleven, we were six and five, mm-hmm. um, and of course the uh, the last game we lost was against it was this uh, Sunday, Sunday, night against Sunday night Sunday, Sunday night yeah. yeah. which in reality. Well, that, that had a huge part in beating the Rams in the Super Bowl because we'd, we'd gone up against them. We had, we had a, pre, a bit of a feel for them, and we knew we were going to have to make some changes when we, when we got to play them in the Super Bowl, whereas the Rams kind of came in and went with the same, uh, uh, the, uh, to a large extent, the same plan they had the first game. Um, but I, I, truthfully, had we not played them, it would have been harder to beat them in the Super Bowl.
0: That's fascinating. So, is is the is the game in the regular season where you and Bill kind of looked at Falk and said, "This is the guy." Well, this, it, is, this is what everything revolves it, around,
1: right? It. Well, there were some, you know, some other, th- you know, I mean, just the whole way we played the game on de- particularly on defense. Um, you know, we were trying to do some zone blitzes, which we weren't very successful with. So we really, you say, hey we are not going to you know we we have played them once we've got a little better feel for them we're not going to just go repeat what we did uh and they were uh, truthfully I, mean, I I know that the, the Rams absolutely knew they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and you know, we, there was only one week so uh you know to to, to get ready for that game so uh, um that, that was the whole the, the a lot of the things in the preparation were, were advantage us. So, and believe me, we needed every advantage we could get to beat that team. I mean that that was a, a a real good Rams team on both sides of the ball.
0: That one week because you know that hadn't happened in in years. Yep. You know, and that was a big deal because of nine eleven. Asking if because you're saying that the fact that you played him in the regular season. It's not a completely different opponent. You know what you did wrong. Well, we can't do this again or it's going to be a smoke show, you know. Did that help because you had such a condensed period of time to prepare?
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean, we had um, – I mean, we've, we, played, we played the AFC championship game against the Steelers on Sunday afternoon. We uh, get back in and we're going to – you know, the the buses leaving yeah. to go down to New Orleans at eight o'clock. I remember it well. Month. Yeah, right. That that's called, that's called a, a fast turnaround. And basically, we did, you know we had the parameters of our strategy for the bill and I mapped out on that plane ride. So and we had, uh, you know, here we are. We're going to do what we think we can do best. Uh, we just we'll go with it and let's see, see see what happens. And we had a great week of practice down in New Orleans. Um, and everything uh, uh you know for the first fifty minutes of the game, we threw a shout out at them.
0: You mentioned the idea of being the little engine that could versus fifteen years later, and you're the evil empire. Is it more fun being the little engine that could
1: uh well, you can only be the little engine that could once okay i mean if you're if you're gonna actually go out and repeat- you know, you can't say. As much as I would like to, yeah, you yeah, know, you know, we've won five Super Bowls, but but we're really just no, 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 no. right. At yeah. I mean, <laughs> at some stage, you, you know that that becomes unbelievable. So, but I, well
2: th- I was I wanted to ask uh, a little bit about you had mentioned on that plane ride. You know, you and Bill sat down. That's basically where you got the parameters. You're. Famous for being the guy that Bill, you know, there's times where Bill says, "Okay, I don't need to hear from anybody. I'm just talking to Ernie during games." You know, <laughs> what is it exactly? Is it is it well, strategy? Is it t- clock management? Or could, all, could, all of the above? Could,
1: could you know could be any of the above? And when I mentioned, uh, you know, th- this goes back to 1970. I mean, we've been having a football. <laughs> con- we've been fascinating. We've segment. been having a football conversation for 50 years. I mean, we would you know goes. You know, at the Giants, we we go for long runs together. You you know, I mean, we've gone through, uh, uh, and sometimes, you know, because we can do we can do a lot of things very quickly. You know, we because we have some common reference points. uh, You know, something that happened in Cleveland in 1993 nobody else on the face of planet Earth will remember but you know, hey Bill, you remember what we did in Cleveland and this this really worked in this situation and you know we we we've, we can make big changes in a hurry because we've spent so much time talking that, you know we we, we know what, we know what each other's talking about.
0: So I'm gonna put you on the tee here, okay because you relayed this story to me about a giant's game against the Rams. And I don't know if it was seventy nine or eighty one. Eighty one, sorry. And how that relates to one of the most famous games and one of the most famous plays in Patriot history.
1: Sure. Well, we were uh, the nineteen eighty one Giants. I mean, we'd come off a bad year in nineteen eighty. We were four and twelve. We had the second pick in the draft where we took Lawrence Taylor. Uh, that was I mean that was a difference maker uh, for that franchise but we were we were six and seven and we kind of knew that well if we were going to the playoffs we were going to have to win win three in a row we were playing a you know a good Rams team uh who had uh um I mean they they had played the Steelers in the Super Bowl very very comp- uh, close game but I think they were actually ahead of the Steelers in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh and we were in a tight game with them, and we were in a, a fourth and one situation out in the field. And normally, out in the field, you don't want to play goal line defense because if they if the other team breaks breaks through, there's nobody left, and it could be a long run for a touchdown. Well, we're fourth and one, and Bill Parcells that was his first year as our defensive coordinator with the Giants, and really it doesn't matter whether they break an 80-yard touch, you know, wherever the ball was on the 50-yard touchdown or a one-yard gain, if they get the first down, the game's over. So in that situation, going goal line is the thing to do. Get everybody close to the ball and make sure they don't get a yard and if, you know, like it's really, if the one yard or 50 yards doesn't make a difference, you're going to lose the game. Well, fast forward, we're in the uh, the Snow Bowl, the playoff with the Raiders after the L1 season and we're 215, 2.15 to go in the game. We took our last timeout. The Raiders had a third and one out in the middle of the field, and it's really clear. We're either going to make the stop, make get them get them the punt and we get the ball, or if they get the first down, we have no timeouts. The game is over. And that situation was, what do we want to do on defense? And it just kind of flashed right there. Hey, there's no question. We want to go goal line here. So, having the conversation with Bill and Romeo Cornell and I. I try, I try to stay off the, the. I have a button on my. I had a button on my phone. I could push, allowed me to talk. Well, you don't want eight people talking on the line at once. So really, I kept my voice off and there was something I had to say. But I said, hey, I think we want to go goal line here. And of course, Bill and Romeo, who had both been there for that, I don't know if they thought of that Rams game, but they, hey, that's it. Let's let's go with it, and we we, we put our goal line defense in, which the Rams the Raiders, excuse me, were not really ready for in a third and one situation out in the field. Richard Seymour made a big play, we made a punt, you know, and, that, and then that led to all the fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, that was, uh, um, you know, when you've been through a, a critical situation, you, you know, I mean, it's kind of, thing, hey, uh, I may not have thought of this play in 10 years, but this is, this is probably what we need to do.
0: So that verbal shorthand which comes with a fifty-year relationship. Right. The fact that you can finish his sentence and vice versa. Right. That's where it becomes so valuable. It's not cutting time. You don't need to hear from fifteen people and, about what's going on. And, and this you, is what we need.
1: And you don't have time. To you, you know, I mean, this is you, you know, it's the ball's going to be snapped there in about twenty-five seconds. You you don't have time for a you know a thirty-minute dissertation here. You got to you know. Uh, you, you got to get some get something done right right now it's like going in you know, in a regular season game you know you go in at halftime well that that goes so fast I mean play you know they got to go to the training room coaches got to get together for about two minutes decide what they're going to do you know and then you, you know and then you any change you want to make you do I mean you've got to be able really to communicate and do things very quickly did you have a favorite team you know, out of all of you've had so many teams that
2: were successful. Was there one of them that stuck out to you?
1: Ah, boy, hard to beat the two thousand one team. I mean, yeah. that was uh, just, uh, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that was so that was so much fun. I mean, we you know, like, like Bobby Hamilton, one of my favorite Patriots players, said, you know, hey, we shocked the world, <laughs> you know, and, and 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 we did. I remember going. Uh, you know, the Saturday afternoon uh, before before the Super Bowl, we went to a you know a hideaway hotel out by the New Orleans airport, and you know, going you know, go, but we drove up f- past the Superdome. I see you know the you know the SWAT guys were up on the roof, and you know all, with all the, you know the. The security they had, you know, after after nine eleven, I mean, they were re- they were ready for anything. I mean, we had we we're, were there practicing at Tulane University, and we got the United States Air Force going overhead with F 16s <laughs> um, and 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 I knew, you know, hey, can we beat the Rams? I don't know, but we're ready to give it our best shot. Um, so
0: after the game, Ernie, you know, the Super Bowls, you you guys are in the last game. You win the Super Bowl. Did you shock the world? Did you not shock the world? At some point in time, I know that at least my experience in talking to people who do this, the train's moving. We got to get ready for the 2002 season. As you guys are sitting down after winning the Super Bowl and you start your organizational meetings, other people in the organization have had meetings, stuff like that. Is there a conversation like, what just happened? And we got a lot of hope. Like, this isn't the 85 Bears here we're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, We got a lot of hope, but we won this. This is unbelievable. How do we now,
1: you know, we got a lot of holes to fill here, don't you? Right. I mean, I mean we yeah, we 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 did not I'm sure we could probably go back and find things we wish we had done differently, but we did we did not compare ourselves, you know, to the uh uh you know, to to a you know, the 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 49, you know, the Bill Walsh 49ers right. or the, or anything like that. And uh, um but you know we've always we always did a pretty good job. Hey, we're going to start off next year zero and zero, and um, you know the, everybody's going to be gunning for us, and uh, uh, we, we understood what the, you know what the challenge was.
0: Does it make it easier to do that? I mean, you won the last game, which is every team's goal. Does it make it easier to do that after say a 2001 year, as opposed to say a 2004 or a 2014 team? You guys are really, really good, and you know that you're really good. I, yeah,
1: you know, I, I think I think we tried to do a good job of just hey, it's a new season. Nobody, no, nobody's going to come in here and want to look at our scrapbooks. They're going to come in here want to knock, you know, knock our heads off. We, you know, we understand that you know it's the National Football League, and uh, uh, you know it, it, it is a new season. So we have to, it's. It, I mean, every, every season is a unique challenge.
2: Obviously, all the playoff games and Super Bowls and, and that kind of success would stand out, but is there a game that maybe, a regular season game, that stood out to you that maybe we wouldn't just necessarily snap our finger? Oh, I remember that game, but one that drew particular pride for you
1: guys, finding a way to win? Um, well, one of my favorites was in you know in, in 2003 playing the Colts. I mean, we got a big lead. Uh they, they. Can, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that one? They, they, they. Mike can, Cloud. They. No, can.
2: this is uh, the Willie McGinnis game. I mean. No,
1: no, no. But
0: <laughs> who scored, Who was it? Running
1: back for that team it was Mike Cloud, wasn't it? It Probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I I t- mean, that's my I point. That's like the Willie McGinnis <laughs> fake injury but, game. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but at the end, you know, it's it's coming down to one play at the end. Um, I mean, we'd been up. I, I hate. We'd been up like. 38 to 10 or something. They came back to me at 30. You know, Peyton Manning was tearing us up. Thir- came down to one play. They hand the ball to Edger and James. William McGinnis hit him three yards in the backfield, and, uh, you know, we, we won the game. I mean, that that's one that always kind of. Uh, 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 you know, that, that was a fun game. And
2: people never really think about it in these turns, but one play that you make allows that playoff game to be at home instead of on the road because mm-hmm. that changes a- the whole complexion of the records uh, and the tiebreakers and all that stuff and people never look at it that way but just how close and what a what a great rivalry it was with oh, you guys in uh, the Colts uh, I, it just I, was tremendous see, to I, watch
1: I, right I mean you had I mean look I know when the schedule came out there was Peyton Manning and Bill Poley and they all circled the game with the Patriots well I got news for you when the schedule I circled the game <laughs> with the Colts <laughs> <It's>, we <laughs> We know everybody's going to be there. we know what it's going. we know Dwight freeney's going to try to beat Matt White with a spin move and the whole uh, uh the whole and we had we had uh you know some some great games against them, so you know some we won some you know some they won it was great competition was great yeah. competition.
0: Ernie was there. I don't know if there was the aha moment and I, I've had a conversation with Charlie Weiss where there was something that he said that sort of he thinks clicked for him, but do you? Is there a, a moment in time when you realized with Tom, this isn't your average, this isn't just some sort of a journeyman, or right? you know what? This guy might be pretty good. Nobody could figure what he's, you know, what he's gone on to be. But was there a time when you said, you know what? This guy might be all right. We might be okay with this guy. Yeah, do you see, remember
1: that? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know that it was one specific play, but I mean, as we started playing in 2001. Um, you know I mean times just got, got better every week um, you know the team responded well he, he was you know he, he was doing well um, so I think I think it was more of a process rather than a you know one play
0: okay but, but based on that process and maybe the body of work was that you know certainly the team was comfortable trading Bledsoe the following in the offseason and stuff like that and you said you know what I think we're going to be alright with this guy as our quarterback going forward Mm-hmm. that fair you saw enough and uh, it wasn't a huge sample size right
1: right well i mean b- being being realistic about it we knew after the 2001 season right. that tom was going to be our quarterback we weren't going to have drew here as our backup sure. okay i mean that just wasn't i i mean that 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 realistically w- was not going to happen
2: um Ernie just encapsulated about six months of talk radio right, right, <laughs> in a 30-second <30 laughs> <Right>. clip. <laughs> right. I mean, right. It's, it, it, it was a no-brainer. I know what people look at it like, oh, what, what guts it? To-. Tom was the quarterback. You just won the Super Bowl. He had to be the quarterback in 02, and therefore you can't have a $100 million backup right. looming right. over his shoulder. And that's why, like, for me, the one game for me, for Tom in 01, because I was a big Drew guy, truth, mm-hmm. truth be told. Uh, I loved the guy, and I and I thought he was a, a pretty good quarterback. He obviously not anywhere near what Tom has been, but the the New Orleans game in, in you know in Foxborough in the rain was around the time that Drew had come back. It may have been the week after the Rams game. It Drew, was Drew it was. was getting some, starting to get some reps in practice, and there was some you know uh, bickering about how much he was getting ready. And you know this was the time where a kid might be looking over his shoulder. And he responded with a four touchdown game. He played as well in that game as I think he played in any of them. It wasn't one of those, well, they handed off to Antoine no, Smith no, 37 is. times, and they won the game because they won 13 to 10. Tom lit it up. Yep. And that, to me, I was like, whoa, this,
1: this kid's better than I thought. Mm-hmm. No, no question. That was a big, uh, uh, big, big offensive day for
2: us. And that was the day that I said, that was the day that I said that Drew's got to go. As much as I love Drew, <laughs> I did. Right. I, mean, yeah, was, I mean, it was a no
1: brainer. Right. I mean, it was just not. Uh, uh, there there was no way that uh, like I say there there's no way that trade wasn't gonna happen. Right. And we broke it on Patriots.com. <laughs>
0: um, Ernie, you saw him uh, as part of something with the Giants. He goes to Cleveland, he builds something in Cleveland, but this idea of building a culture and a culture that's now well into its twenty something year and something like that. What's the secret or is there a secret in getting everybody on the same page and Checking your ego at the door and doing what's best for the team is, is that the secret to try is, that to really have some sustained is, longevity.
1: That really, it, it's, it's 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 just take it one day at a time, get better every day. Uh, but
0: it, that's so easy to say; it's and so hard, hard to do. It's so it? hard
1: to do, but you just you know we keep hammering it, and you get you know you get you get some players who have success with it. And then they start to buy in so that when a new guy comes in, the veteran player can come can go put his arm around the new guy and say, Hey, look, buddy, this is the way it works around here. And some people who come in from outside uh, can take it. And some, you know, some, to be honest with you, look, I, I didn't know that he really worked this hard. I'm not sure this is. Uh, this is fair. I mean, it's, I, I always say, if you're, <clears throat> if you're just into winning football games, the New England place is the place to be. If you got other things on your, on your agenda, it's probably, you're probably not going to like it very much.
0: Right. And, and I don't know if this is fair or not to bring up the, the name or something like that, but Patriots fans were enamored by a guy in the great Colt rivalry, Jonas Gray, 200 yards, you know, and look, look at this guy and everything like that. and, they just found somebody else the next week or the week after that. It's This is what it takes to sustain the program, and you either jump on board or you don't jump on board. I don't know how great an example that is. I just think of somebody who flashed, you know? Um, but the program isn't about somebody who flashes. It's, it's about the team, it's right?
1: About, it's about the team and showing up every day, and football is a messy game. This is not figure skating. There are no style points. Now, things don't always work right, but it's just showing up every day, le- trying to learn from your mistakes, get better every day, help the guy next to you. I mean, it's uh, uh, about what it takes to have a, you know, be really successful in a lot of businesses. Speaking
2: that, of the game itself, though, <clears> you know, we talked a little bit earlier uh, about, you know, the 70s and now, and even the way the game has changed even mo- more recently not five, 10 years ago. What are your thoughts on on the way the game is played today, and do you like it? Nor is it more skill based, you know. Maybe some speed, or did you kind of like the the physicality?
1: No, well, you, you know, one thing. Of course, we got you know, we played with you know Tom Brady and everybody says, "Oh, it's Tom Brady throwing the ball," but we were always a very physical running team. Okay, even though we were spread out and we could and uh, we could throw the ball, we also could hand the ball off and and, and pound it. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't think. I, I think you know to be able to win uh, today's football. I mean, there are multiple, more wide receivers on the field, so it's nickel defense on the field. that's more spread out, but there are times when you got to be able to come off the ball and run it. I mean, if if you re- if you really want to be good, I mean, it's you. Yeah, you you can go. You you, you can have a ten-win season, uh, just you know be, throwing the ball. But if you real if you really want to uh, you know, end up being, you know, play, playing being one of the final four. Uh, it, it's really hard to do without being able to be physical.
0: And does that physicality start on the offensive line? It's got to oh, start ab- there.
1: Ab- absolutely. You, 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 if you have a, a soft offensive line, you're not going anywhere because soft offensive line is not going to be a real good pass protecting offensive line. All
2: right, so I saved my toughest one for last. So you spanned a lot of. Uh, errors of patriots football pat patriot or elvis
1: pat patriot yeah. <laughs> every time sorry <laughs> no you're not alone we get a lot of listen, it listen i mean cuz i go but, hey i mean i i do i i i i i go back to i i never went to a game at Bravesfield. field i was at friday nights at fenway park i mean i thought that was you know i mean that was uh, pat patriot I, that that said uh, uh, that's that's Boston. That's New England. That's uh, for me every time oh, I hear we. My hear
2: first game, and I'm going to give Ernie a chance to to show off because he has no idea what what the game is going to be. at 76 it was a Monday night game against the Jets. here. Oh, that's yeah. my first game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, uh, of course we. we we started putting men in motion; they had no clue. So it <laughs> was the, the game was a massacre. And what I unfortunately remember was at, old, uh, at Schaefer Stadium because it was right near our offices. The uh, the officers of the law had some. <laughs> <laughs> had so I learned some <laughs> stuff that night as an eight year old, Ernie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what the the cops they, all they could do was handcuff them to the <laughs> chain <the> fence. <laughs> And uh, Come on, let me. I'll show you. Oh my, I'll show you stuff. Take these handcuffs off me. And it was really right by the door that we all came sure. out. It, of the it was a, an
2: amazing sight. My father, grandfather, and uncle took me, and they literally made a triangle around me. And we we're walking out, and they're like, just keep going this way. Don't worry about that over there.
0: They're straight ahead. They didn't want me to see any of this. There
2: was literally hundreds of yeah. people. Cha- like." Handcuffs to, to the fence. Chain link fence.
0: Did Grogan score on a bootleg in that game? Yeah,
2: like 40 yards. Long,
0: long touchdown run, yeah. right? 41-7. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ernie, as a kid, as you said, you went to the Dexter School. You grew up around here. You've experienced the NFL in a, in a couple of different places. But to be able to be with your hometown team and, and have the success that you had. You know, Bill always, as you, you've talked about, it's the next practice. It's the next game. But now that you are retired... Can you look back at it and go, "Holy smokes, this is unbelievable!" Yeah, yeah, yeah ab- absolutely, sure. I mean, I.
1: Um, and is it fun for you to do that?
0: Do you take it, a, a sure. source of pride out of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've got every, you know, every every year. We, you know, you win the Super Bowl, they do a special issue of Sports Illustrated. I mean, I've got all the issues that we won there. I've got them all signed, you know, by every by everybody who's on there. I mean, I've got them all up on, you know. Oh my! Well, sure. I mean, I I know. I know, even though when you're in it, it's hey, let's get ready for the next practice. Let's run the ball off tackle better. Sure, you sit back there. You know, hey, we had, you know, one of the great, maybe the the greatest run in the history of the National Football League. I mean, that's a big deal.
0: It is a big deal, and and easy for us to say on the outside, but you never say never. But that kind of level of success and sustainability. You don't replicate that. You've seen too much of it. There are too many too too many good teams, too many smart people, too many good players. Right?
1: It's really uh, it, hard to it's do. It's re- look winning it once is really hard. Do- doing it repeatedly is, uh, um, you know, it, it's a it's a phenomenal accomplishment. But again, the biggest thing was. W- when you're doing it, you, you're just thinking about, hey, the next play, next game. Let's just, you know, it's one game at a, th- you know, I know people say, oh, that's coach talk, one game at a time, but it's the key to success, and getting people to believe it is the key is the key to success.
0: But Paul asked you a question about 0-1, and is this the, is this also part of the key, Ernie? Where he said, did you have any expectations in 0-1, and you answered, I wanted to see progress. Is that kind of the key for your team, whether you're twelve and four or four and twelve? Can we just make progress?
1: Right. Can we? Get, can we? We're, when we're going out to practice and training camp, are well, we a better football team when we come off the field than when we went on it? Uh, now, look, I understand if you're if you're going in if if you're going in coaching this year at the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have you, you are truly just hoping to get better because you know. You, you, ha- you have to get a little bit, bit, bit better. You know you have a long way to go, whereas there were, you know, some of our teams to the Patriots, I knew, hey, realistically, we, sh- we should be able to compete with everybody in the league, but you still, you, you, it's still, you know, go every day trying to get better. That's why, you know, I see the big picture you got right behind you, you know, number 12 throwing the ball. That's why he, you know, he would jump on a receiver for cutting his road off at nine yards instead of 12 yards. Because it's doing—it's all the little things, it's all the details every day. Uh, you 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 have to do it and get it right. Because when you get down to those critical situations in the championship game, where you know you got the whole season's riding on one play, it's the ability to execute the fundamentals just right that makes a difference.
0: So on that note, and you mentioned twelve throwing the ball, twelve goes down in the first quarter in 2008. Okay, you're a team that had were. A series away from going 19-0, you've got a really good team still coming back. That team can go down the toilet pretty quickly, even though you still had a pretty good group of guys around you. I'm not saying you guys are popping champagne after 11-5 and and that windy game in Buffalo to end the season, but is there a sense of pride like, you know what, we didn't go down the toilet. We did kind of keep our head above water, and we salvaged something with what we were doing, and maybe we did improve by the end of the year.
1: You know, I, I that's I, I expect us to play that way. OK, I, it's not. I mean, it's what you know, it, it's it's what we do. I mean, going out, doing our best every day, trying to be competitive. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's there's nothing sp- to me, nothing special about that because it's the it's the way we approach every every year, every game, every practice, um, you know, every every play.
0: So maybe does that validate it? Yeah, that's why we do this. That's why we do this.
1: Yeah, with, yeah, right. I mean, we're going. You know, you 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 know, in the National Football League, you're going to go out on Sunday. You're going to have millions of people watching. Uh, I mean, that's that's always in the back of your mind. I mean, we we we're going to have a team playing against us that's that's going to be doing everything they can to beat us. I mean, that's just the, you know the competitive part of the game.
0: His name is Ernie Adams. Ernie, tremendous stuff as usual. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And uh, continued enjoyment in your uh, non-football days as you uh, enjoy retirement. Thanks for coming down. Really appreciate it. Thank you
1: very much. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners
1: can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.